Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello everyone. Thank you for joining me on another Parenthood episode. I wish you could see a picture right now. I have got, have I told you guys about my new dog, Billy? I'm sure that I have. You know that I'm dog obsessed. You can actually follow my Instagram, Billy the Cobber Dog. Anyway, she has been without me all day. And so she's sitting literally with me here. So if you hear some deep breathing, it's her. She is the most cuddly creature. You can probably hear her breathing. Anyway, I just want you guys to know that. She's just my piece of gorgeousness. She's massive. Come along and look at her picture. You guys will be as in love with her as I am. Hey, before we go on with today's episode, I just want to say thank you so much. We're up to 17 members now on the Buy Me A Coffee platform, um, which is just a way that you guys can support all the work that I do here on Girl Next Door, which I really appreciate. That way we can stay ad-free. Um, $5 a month to become a member. Uh, but thank you to Chloe, Vanessa, Kylie, Sophie, Louise, Marie, Pam, Christina, Renee, Rochelle, Adriana, Lola, Jasmine, Brittany, Rachel, and my two brand new uh, members, Ash and Emily. I appreciate you guys. I really, truly do. All right. Today, we are going to talk about the different learning styles and understanding your child's learning style. There are actually seven different learning styles. So I'm going to go through them with you because um, I just think, and having raised three very different kids, well, they're, they're really similar in some ways, but in other ways, they're just completely different. And one way, way, one way that they are completely different is their learning style. And look, I've been a teacher for a long time and I get it more than anyone that our school system, it really is still built for particular kinds of learners, even though we try and, you know, move forward and provide different kinds of learning. And I think things have progressed in a certain way, but I think one way that we have not progressed is it really is only suited to particular kinds. And even though there are many teachers out there, who will try and cater for a variety of learning styles at the end of the day, uh, believe me, teachers are under a lot of pressure to get through state or school mandated curriculum. And there's so much data and testing and they really have to show data on a regular basis to the school principal to prove that their students are making great strides in their learning. So I promise you, take it from me, there is a lot of pressure. So please have some compassion for the teachers. There is an awful lot on their plate. And I have experienced that load increasing over the decades. And there is definitely more pressure now than ever. We used to be left alone a little bit more. And even though there are many of us teachers who are really well-meaning and try to provide a variety of learning experiences, it really takes a lot of work and time and prep. And you've got to remember, you know, we, of course, are the most protective of our own children, but a teacher has to cater for 25, 26, 27 parents who all feel exactly like us about our own children, but they've got to do that on, you know, um, on mass with the whole class. So 
Let me tell you that as parents, we can help a lot. It is really helpful to for us to be the ones to help work out and understand our children's learning style and then to communicate that to them so they can better understand themselves. So that way we can support them, we can give them strategies on how to cope in the classroom no matter what their learning style is. And the other thing it's important for us to do is to advocate on their behalf to their teacher. That's really important. I've had to do that with my kids a few times. And also to provide other experiences, perhaps outside of the classroom, that better suit their learning style. So my three kids, completely different. And to be honest, when it comes to learning, and you guys I know are going to find the same thing, I relate to one of my kids more than the other two. Um, because we've got a really similar learning style. But being a teacher, I did have a good grasp on my other two um, because obviously I'm really experienced in that area. And so I understood straight away, I can identify pretty quickly um, where my kids are at and what they needed. So I'm going to go through these seven styles quickly. Um, You're going to probably be able to work out pretty quickly which one fits your child. Now, most people have more than one of these learning styles. We might be strong in one, maybe, you know, we might even be really strong in two, and then you'll probably find yourself identified or your child identified in maybe a third or even a fourth. I know for me, I definitely am like, oh my gosh, I'm really strongly two of them. And I relate to a couple of the others. So what I'll do is as we go, I will try and give you some pointers, okay, on how you can help your child learn better and to cope better with the classroom and how you can maybe advocate on their behalf to the teacher. All right, so here we go. Number one, these are the visual learners or the spatial learners, okay, visual learners. Now, I relate to this. This is very much me. You, We who are visual must see the information in order to learn it. Now, that can take many forms, right? Like, it might be pictures, you know, images, it might be things in different colors. It could even be things that are written. But whatever it is, we need things to be in front of us to solidify them in our brain. Like sometimes, you know, um, so for example, when I'm reading a book, I I'm not someone who kind of visualizes the pictures as I go. I need the words. It's like when I watch TV, I actually watch TV with the captions on because I'm not an audible auditory learner at all. Um, And I'll get to that one in a minute. Um, So when I'm watching TV, it doesn't matter even if I can hear the sound properly. I always, always have captions on because I definitely have things solidified in my brain. I feel like I enjoy every show I watch so much more because I know exactly what's being said because I can read it. So people that are visual, they understand or remember things by sight. Sometimes they picture what they're learning in their head. I don't do that, but some of them do. Um, These people often or children often quickly remember faces and places. Uh, And I do. You can tell me about a place till I'm blue in the face, but once I've been there, I'll remember it. Um, Now, the classroom for these students, it's a much easier place, right? Because literally everything is visual. Everything in the classroom already is visual. And so there's really not many pointers that I need to give you here other than there's one pointer I would give you. People who are visual, I promise you, Smiggles or Typo 
is definitely their best friend. Like make sure that your child has a pencil case full of like, you know, colors because they probably want to, you know, write things down or draw or they, they like to, you know, they're usually quite organized and like to, um, to draw and write things for themselves. Right. Secondly, some people are more verbal or linguistic learners. So they prefer using words to learn, and that can be in both speech and writing. So this would actually be my other preferred way of learning. So I'm already ticking two boxes. So verbal learners enjoy reading and writing. That's me to a T. I'm so happy if I've got a huge pile of books next to me. Uh, My youngest, Ashton, is very much a verbal learner as well. Um, And so often we are voracious readers and prolific writers. Um, We who are verbal express ourselves well and are good listeners. Now, interestingly, and I don't know why this is, but often the verbal learners might have a hard time with hand-eye coordination. Um, That's me, can't bounce a ball to save my life. Or like spatial tasks, like we might struggle a little bit more with things like maps or graphs. Yeah, don't ask me for directions, guys. I don't know if this is a verbal thing. I, for the life of me, am absolutely hopeless when it comes to directions, ask Cameron. Um, And verbal uh, learners often like games like Boggle or Scrabble. Now, again, the classroom is well suited to these children because we are surrounded with both of those things, Um, you know, being given instructions, whether that's spoken or written. But a few extra pointers um, for these kids, get them to read aloud when they come home and they're reading to you. Um, They're often very good verbally, so themselves, so get them to, you know, join debating teams, play word games with them, put lots of posters and charts in their room. So all of those things will just be added bonuses for them. Um, So my youngest, Ashton, he's very much a verbal um learner. And so if you go into his bedroom, it's actually really cute. I'm going to give away his secrets, but he's really, um, he writes lists all the time. Like he, (laughs) if he's, uh, I don't know, going on camp, say winter camp for youth or something like that. Um, I don't know if he'll do it this year, but in the past or, or camp for school, he'll literally write a list of everything, like everything he has to pack or the outfits he's going to wear each day. Or um, he'll write like a list of things to do and put boxes there and tick them off as he goes. So yeah, he just thrives on all that. And he's the one I, I get the most because I'm very similar. Okay. Number three, guys, I feel the most sorry for these learners in the classroom. These are the physical learners or the kinesthetic. Now this was Liam. Um, and oh my days, I used to always say that getting him through school was like pushing up a really heavy trolley, pushing it up a hill. It was hard work because this poor kid, kids who are kinesthetic, they love, or they have to be able to use their hands and body and a sense of touch and lots of movement to learn. So these kids are the ones that will pursue the physical activities, right? Like sport, or they want to be building things or, you know, drama or dancing. You know, they're the ones that are always moving. Um, they can be standing in a line waiting for the teacher and they're jiggling up and down, you know, and they're the ones that they seem to always get in trouble where the teacher's like, stand still. But for them, movement helps their memory. 
Um, often they enjoy creating with their hands, even if even if it's like building a Lego tower. They've got lots of energy and they have to get it out. And they would prefer direct involvement with materials over worksheets. Now, the classroom can be so challenging for these little babies, um, especially if they have a teacher who's maybe a little bit more old school that wants them to sit still and be quiet. If they've got a teacher that understands how to engage this kind of a student, they can have a fantastic year. Um, So poor Liam, Um, I used to have to really advocate for him each year uh, because sometimes the teachers will think that these kids are naughty. They're not naughty. They just need that extra bit of movement. So I advocated for him. I remember in year six, he was so stressed. He had a wonderful teacher, but she was very strict and she would make the kids come into the classroom before the bell. Now, this is just pure torture for a physical learner. He would have to come, all the students would have to come into the class before the bell. She'd open the door up and they would have to do maths mental until the bell went. And he used to sit near the window. And that's the other thing. She had curtains, like sheer curtains, but they were curtains. And he used to tell me, mom, I just sit there doing maths mental and I look out the window because I want to be out there. And he was getting really stressed. So firstly, I told her, um, and whenever you talk to the teacher, just come alongside in the most encouraging way. Tell them how wonderful they are before you drop a bomb like, my child's struggling. But I just said to her, look, this is what Liam's like. And she was so wonderful. And she worked with me um, on that. And so, you know, she would often send him off on tasks and jobs during the day, just so he could get out of the classroom and stretch his legs. Um, I gave him a special stress ball and I told her about it so that he didn't get in trouble for having a stress ball. Um, we made sure he was very active outside of school with sport. He had a lot of activities he would do afterwards. Um, when he went to high school, we literally chose the high school around Liam. It really engaged him and he did so well. And then we chose subjects around his love of movement. I would help him with his homework. You know, I didn't just sit there and put a timer on and go do your homework and hurry up. Often um, I would scribe because he had really good ideas. He just needed to get them out and he struggled to sometimes get them onto paper. So he would tell me and I would help him get his thoughts together. So yeah, those learners, we need to really help. Number four are the logical learners, the mathematicals. Guys, I love you all, but I don't get this one at all. (laughs) This, This is Cameron. Cameron is definitely a logical learner. I am the opposite, the complete opposite to this, but these learners prefer using reasoning and logic and systems to learn. So they are great problem solvers and they think abstractly about concepts. So these are the kids that enjoy numbers. They like puzzles. They love maths. uh, They like to spend time maybe like creating computer assisted designs or building electronic devices. Now, again, in the classroom, the classrooms are pretty well suited to these students. Um, Now, they're going to enjoy some subjects more than others. So they're going to definitely enjoy maths and science over literature. Um, 
And the other thing that they might struggle with in the classroom is that other children, they might not be tolerant to other children if the other kids, you know, are playing with them or playing a game and they're not following what they consider to be the logical sequence or rules or procedures. Okay. So, um, the way that we need to help these students is, um, you know, give them puzzles and games to solve. Your best friend will be a shop like Australian Geographic, which surprisingly have a heap of that kind of thing. Um, give them books that they can take to school and devour when they get a chance around topics that they might really enjoy when it comes to to numbers. You know, even books like the Guinness Book World of uh, what is it called the Guinness the World Book of the Guinness World Book of Records that's what it's called uh, books with statistics and facts and data um, and then just talk to them about being patient with other children who don't learn the same way that they do and so teaching them to play with other children and not get frustrated or boss other children. Okay, number five, this social learners. These are the social butterflies. Again, completely opposite to me. I am not like this at all. But these students love learning with other people. You know, these are the ones that always are talking. Um, They love being in groups. They love interacting. They learn best when they can relate what they're learning, either to the people around them or their direct surroundings. They enjoy getting together with friends. They love having conversations. They're often um, extroverted and social butterflies. But don't be fooled. These guys might be good talkers, but they're usually good listeners too. They're very sensitive to body language and nonverbal cues. Now, the classroom, look, again, it depends on the teacher. Um but they could struggle in the classroom because oftentimes the individual learning style and quiet time are often used in classroom settings. And this can be a little bit hard for the social learner. So it's good if they have a teacher who does a lot of group learning and allows social interaction. Um, But this student might find it hard to work quietly and alone, and they're going to want to talk. And you might find that their report card comes home saying that they're a great kid if they don't get distracted, which is usually them being distracted by talking to other people. But how can you help them? Okay, channel, channel their love for talking and suggest to them that they offer to help their peers with things. That way the teacher would be happy because it's like, oh, what a helpful child. They're helping their friends. Um, But that way they can actually, you know, be social, be with someone, but in a helpful way. Um, Advocate to their teacher again, who might think that they're disruptive, but actually they just thrive on being social. But also Help your child to understand their personality and then teach them that there is going to be times to be social and times to be quiet because that's the way they're going to thrive best in the classroom if they can learn that. And look, if they have ideas during the day, maybe give them a little book that they can pop onto their desk that they can write in and then they can bring that home and talk to you about them when they get home. So make sure that um, these students, that if you've got one of these that you, you know, have time to chat to them at the end of the day and let them um, tell you stories about their day and just give them time to be social with you to kind of get it out of their system. All right, number six, we're nearly there. The solitary learner. This is my 
probably third best way of learning, the intrapersonal. Solitary learners are the complete opposite to the social butterflies. These guys prefer to work alone, to use self-study. We like to think through things by ourselves, to study independently without the need to talk to others. We like to come to our own conclusions, to solve problems by ourselves, and we love the process and the accomplishment. And we feel frustrated if we have to work with someone else, especially if we haven't finished thinking through an idea. That's me. I'm like, don't put me in a group. I find group work so frustrating because I just want to do everything on my own. So the classroom is really well suited for these learners because this is what classrooms are set up for. Independent learning uh, for a lot of the time, quietly and on our own. So what you can do though with this child, because they might not cope so well with a noisy classroom or a busy classroom that's full of activity. So teach them how to self-regulate how they can find their own space for quiet time and silence when they need it. Um, Often classrooms have a reading corner or a quiet corner. Teach them just to take themselves off there when they've had enough or to maybe even go to the library at lunchtime. Um, This is me to this day. Like I'll go to church and, and, you know, preach and chat to people. But man, on my drive home, I put my podcast on. I do not want to talk. I just want to have quiet, I zone out with a podcast and when I get home, I just want to be quiet and by myself. So make sure that they get that time after school. All right. And number seven, the last uh, way of learning is oral as in A-U-R-A-L. So these are the guys that learn by auditory processing. Uh, They're often very musical. So they love to learn through sound and rhyme and music. These will be the kids that you'll catch singing under their breath. Um, Maybe, um, you know, they really love um, when they're younger in particular, they'll love uh, all the picture books that have a lot of rhyme and rhythm. Um, They learn through hearing directions and speaking out the answers, uh, musically minded, like I said, they prefer spoken direction. They'll love things like music and video clips and conversations. So they'll do well in the classroom, particularly in the younger years when they do a lot of this kind of thing. I know of students where they do really well in kindy and then they get to prep or year one. And all of a sudden the mum and dad will get a completely different report. Like a child who thrived in kindy or childcare that will start to struggle in prep and year one. And it's always such a shock to them. But, um, and I feel really sorry for these kids. The reason is in uh, kindy or childcare and sometimes prep, there really is a lot of movement and singing and games and, and learning through rhythm and rhyme and sound and repetition and Um, you know, repeating things and listening to things. And that tends to slow down by year one, year two. And so those children sometimes want to keep expressing themselves and they find it really a little bit difficult. So again, advocate and let the teacher know that rather than the teacher taking all year to work out what kind of learner your child is, give them a little bit of help Multimedia helps these um, students. So when they're first learning things like Reading Eggs, which is a computer program, that's really fun. They'll thrive with things like that. Um, And so just make sure that you 
help them even when they're at home, sing things with them. I always used to do the times tables through singing every day, particularly with my year threes, because that's the year that we would learn times tables. We would sing them, um, get them to learn things like the alphabet and sight words through song. They love audible books, get them to listen to books that are um, now you can get so much on Audible where it's read out for them. Um, get them to learn an instrument outside of the classroom. So there's a few ideas for you. So let me go through those again. What do you reckon? Can you hear yourself in one of these or two of these? And what about your child? I'm sure you're like, oh my gosh, yes, my child's like that. So number one, the visual learners, where they have to see information for it to sink in. Number two, the verbal listeners, where they prefer words, whether it be speech or writing. Number three, the physical kinesthetic learners, where they have to learn through movement. Number four, the logical learners, the ones that love the maths and the reasoning and the numbers and the, and the systems. Number five, the social butterflies, the ones that love learning with other people in groups through conversation. Number six, the solitary or intrapersonals, the ones that prefer to work alone and independently. And number seven, the oral learners, the ones that like to learn through sound and rhyme and music. Okay, so no matter how your child learns, when they come home, everyone needs to unwind Just remember, remember their learning style when it comes to them unwinding. Some of them are going to want to go outside and run it all off and climb trees. Let them go do it. Others are going to want to find all their neighborhood friends and all get together and play. Let them do it. Others are going to come home and want to snuggle up on the chair with a book. Let them do it. Others are going to get straight into their homework because they love it. Let them do it. So let them have some time to unwind before you bring them in to do their actual homework. So the other thing is show your children all of these styles, like help them to learn what their style is so they can better understand themselves. And that way they're not going to get so frustrated with themselves in the classroom. Now, I had many a parent who were really grateful that their boys in particular were ended up in my class because while other teachers might have found those children naughty, I adored them because I understood them and then I married one of them. (laughs) Cameron is logical. He's the complete opposite to me. He's logical and he's kinesthetic. Um, Whereas I'm like, give me a pile of books and let me sit by myself. Um, And so Cameron always was like, oh my gosh, baby, you understand me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was good with all the so-called naughty boys and then I married one. Um, But help to explain your child's learning style to their teacher, okay? Um, But explain to your child as well that the teacher has to cater for all of these different kids in the class. And um, while at times it is going to be challenging, there's one thing that Cameron and I always expected from our kids, and that was we always expected manners and self-control. But just make sure that you, mum and dad or grandparents, that you're always the safe place for your kids, that you're always the soft landing. You're always the one that they can come and talk to about their struggles uh, at school or in the classroom, and they're not going to get in trouble with you because they know that you understand them and you're not going to tell them off, but you're going to help them and give them strategies. So make sure you stay involved in your child. Find out what's going on in their world. This is why I did not work when my kids were younger. And when I did, I was part-time and I actually worked at their school. And one of the reasons was 
I wanted to be the one to drive them home, to be with them after school, to talk about their day, to be involved in their world. And I don't regret that for a second, even though financially it was super tight, um, because I just knew that that was so important. So we need to prepare them for the real world. And it's really good to teach them you know, about themselves and about their learning style, but also to teach them that, you know, this is life and mum and dad love you and we'll do everything to help you. But we also have to learn to function with other people who have got different learning styles. But what they do need to know is that you are in their corner. Always make sure, and you can say that to your kids. You can say to them, I'm always on your side. I love you. I'm always in your corner. (gasps) Guys, that was a long one nearly half an hour. I hope that's helped. Um, I'm going to leave that with you. Uh, Come and join me on girlnextdoor.podcast on Instagram, chat with me there. And um, also if you want to help, like I said, to support what I do here so that we can keep this ad free, um, come and join me on Buy Me A Coffee. The link is in the show notes and also on my Instagram. Guys, I love you. Thank you for being with me. And I look forward to Uh, being back with you again on Wednesday. Until then, have a good one. Bye.